0: Hi, this is John, and today I'm looking at the epistles of First and Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon, Philemon, Philemon. And when I figure out how to say that, I'll, I'll record it correctly. But I, I'm excited about these. I probably have too much material because there's so many good things here. But some things that, that may make you pause and go, wait a minute, what does that mean? Right at the beginning, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4, Timothy is given the advice by Paul, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. Well, I feel like endless genealogy is one of the things that we do really well in the church. (laughs) We're constantly trying to run down our family history and our pedigree charts. President Boyd K. Packer made a great comment about this in his book, The Holy Temple. He said, our purpose for doing genealogical work is a proper one, a worthy one. The scriptures contain condemnation of endless genealogies rebuking the ancients for seeking their ancestry for the wrong purposes. Those things happen today when a search is made into the past to find some basis for prestige, to make connections with the right family, to run the thread of relationship simply to tie to royalty or to prominence, or to lay claim to properties in an unworthy way. We should be careful of this. The purpose for seeking the names of our kindred and running the chain back as far as we can, as far as we can find, is to give something to our progenitors, not to get something from them. We do it so that they can receive the sacred ordinances in the Holy Temple. Eventually, the linking of the generations will be complete, and the family of man will be sealed together. This is the obligation of this church and kingdom. So, and this isn't the first time. Paul will mention uh, genealogies later on, and now we know what that means. It's, we're trying to get something from our genealogy rather than give something to our posterity to give us inspiring people in our, our past, our grandparents and so forth that can, that can help give us motivation and, and to bind families together. Another phrase that I underlined, which I thought was fun in verse six was, from which some having swerved have turned aside into vain jangling i didn't i've never heard that word jangling before and vain jangling thankfully there's a footnote that says greek gr vain idle fruitless discussion so we're just gabbing that's in a fruitless way vain jangling and perhaps there's a song in there maybe Jangle bells, jangling all the way. I've never heard the phrase jangling before in all of the scriptures, so maybe I just haven't seen it, but there it is. We don't want vain jangling. Our conversations have a, a purpose. He's going to talk about conversation in a minute. Skipping to verse 15 This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Paul remembers and knows his past, and perhaps that's part of his devotion to Christ, is, why persecutest thou me on the road to Damascus? And I love that Paul keeps that kind of humility, understanding of his own past, and it seems to give him real power and credibility when he writes and when he teaches. Another phrase that I thought you might find interesting was in verse 19 holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. Well, I was reading some of the other translations, and it's basically that using a metaphor that their faith has been shipwrecked. And I thought, that was funny, I wrote in my margin, like a train wreck. We, we talk about somebody who's made a mess of their life or something, a train wreck or a dumpster fire. <laughs> well, this is using that except here it's a shipwreck because the trains hadn't been invented yet. Perhaps that's what's going on. Okay, let's go to First Timothy chapter two. In verse four. Now let's start in verse three. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. What I love about that verse is there is a a school of Christian thought a predestination that god has already predestined some to be saved and some not to be saved and if we say anything contrary to that we are challenging god's sovereignty sovereignness and i love this idea that he his will is that i'll be saved but right now in life we have a chance to follow our own will and we will have to accept the consequences of that i wrote in my margin 2 Nephi 33 12. These are Nephi's almost last words. His last words are 2 Nephi thirty-three, fifteen. 15. But in 2 Nephi thirty-three, twelve, 12, Nephi says, I pray the Father in the name of Christ that many of us, if not all, may be saved in his kingdom at that great and last day. And here's Paul saying, who will have all men to be saved? He would love to save all men, but some who are determined not to be, don't have to be. You get to decide where you will be most happy. As we heard in the October 2023 General Conference, you get to decide what kingdom of glory, what law you want to live. So President Nelson encouraged us to think celestial. In verse 9, we have in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Modesty is a fascinating uh, issue and one that a lot of people are afraid to talk about because people really want to hold on to their autonomy and say I can dress how I want and it's true you can and if you have bad thoughts that is your problem and that's absolutely true unless we feel like our dress is related to our commitment to Christ and then we we rethink that I like Camille Franck Olson's definition of modesty. On one of those BYU roundtable discussions that was filmed, you know, 20 years ago, she said modesty is behavior as well as appearance that does not bring undue attention to oneself. If there's a real "look at me" attitude, that's a, a an immodest attitude, we could say. And so that's a behavior. We we go to church to make Christ the center of everything, to sacrament meeting to make Christ the center of things, not ourselves. So that's a way to look at modesty. And then I appreciated what Sister or President, Emily Bell Freeman, said in the October 2023 General Conference. Some people have asked why they should walk the path, or go to the temple, or wear the garment. The answer depends on what degree of relationship they want to experience with Jesus Christ. Wow, great statement. Your Choices about modesty or choices about wearing the temple garment? Well, Sister Freeman said, or President Freeman said, the answer depends on what degree of relationship they want to experience with Jesus Christ. So, as we've often been taught, our clothing, an outward expression of our inward commitment. Hot topic, modesty is. As we continue in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, let the women learn in silence with all subjection. There's two parts to this. Let the women learn was different than most of the culture back then. Only the boys went to learn Hebrew and things like that, if, if my understanding is correct. And, but in, the, in Christianity, in you know, what Paul is teaching is let the women learn. 2 uh, Corinthians 11 says, let them pray and prophesy. Now the JST kind of softens some of these things. Certainly, Paul is coming from a culture in which he is writing, and it's very interesting to to see those verses, but don't see only the bad side, see the good side in there. Is that women were encouraged to learn and to prophesy and to pray? In fact, I have an Eliza R. Snow quotation. In Eliza R Snow said every sister in this church should be a preacher of righteousness because we have greater and higher privileges than any other females upon the face of the earth. That's from a book called Women of Righteousness on page 70. 1st Timothy chapter 3 speaks of bishops and deacons. I'm going to skip to 1st Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth. With Deseret Book a number of years ago, this was the youth theme for the year when New Testament was the subject of study for that year. And I did a whole talk at Deseret Book called Example of the Believers, which if you have Deseret Bookshelf, which I do, probably the audio is on there for free, took this all apart, which was really fun to do. Let no man despise thy youth, Paul was telling Timothy. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. That's what the meaning of that. Be an example of the believers. That's a a tall order for all of us, but that's what we are charged to do. What does a believer look like? What does a believer act like? What does a believer do? One of my favorite stories that I tell on that uh, talk, Example of the Believer's, Is about. I had a cassette tape years ago from a mission president named Stephen Meekham, as I recall. And he was the mission president in Finland when the Soviet Union, the breakup of the Soviet Union came, the wall came down, and so forth. And they were trying to get missionaries into, I can't remember how he pronounced it, Vyborg or Vyborg, V Y B O R G, and across into Russia which would have been now Russia. And somehow, I don't remember all the details, but the city council in Vyborg knew about this. They they brought it up to a vote. Do we want to allow these missionaries from this other church to come here? And somebody in the city council said, the only church we have here is the Russian Orthodox. That's the only one we want. And he pounded his fist on the table. And there was a reporter from Chicago in town, in Vyborg, And this man said, I knew this vote was coming up. So I asked this reporter from Chicago, Do you know any Mormons, which they called them back then, any members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints? And this reporter said, Well, I'm not one myself, but I know one. And this is where we all kind of hold our breath. And he said, And whatever Mormon tells you, you can believe it. They're really honest, they have strong families. If you're going to let anybody in, it ought to be these people. And this man went on and on in the city council meeting, and it swayed the whole city council, and they decided to allow the missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints to come in to Viborg. It swayed the whole city council, and they voted to allow that. Now, I don't know how that all worked. This is what was on the cassette tape. And, but I just love the way President Meekham concluded this story. He said, somewhere in Chicago... There's a man and his family who are responsible for their church being opened in this part of the world, and they don't even know it. And that's because of the way they were living. Love that story. And you can imagine the surprise when he gets to the judgment. Oh, sir, welcome to the judgment. However, this works. You opened Viborg. No, I served my mission in Idaho. No, nope, you opened Viborg. I don't know what you mean. And he gets to hear this story about an example of the believers far, far away who had such an impact. Oh, so much to talk about. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, Neglect not the gift that is in thee. We love talking about spiritual gifts that Paul outlined in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. I put in my margin, this reminds me of the parable of the talents. You've been given talents, don't neglect those. Neglect not the gift that is in thee. When we go to 1st Timothy chapter 6, I look at verse 7, we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. This reminds me of Alma's talk with his son, Corianton. And in Alma chapter 39, you can hear me turning there. He said, seek not after riches nor the vain things of this world. For behold, you cannot carry them with you. You can't take them out of this life. And he, and Paul uses that language. You can, you can carry nothing out. Now, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, my brother got home from his mission in Japan and said, hey, you should read The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino. So I did. I found some other books by Og Mandino, who was kind of a motivational success writer, but he wrote as if he was coming from Bible times And in one of these books, I think it was called The Greatest Success in the World, he had the commandments of success. I want to read to you the Eighth Commandment of Success from Og Mandino, one of my favorite non-LDS authors. He said, How different you are from the infant that you were. You came into this world with nothing, but through the years, you have allowed yourself to be weighed with so much heavy baggage in the name of security that your journey through life has become a punishment instead of a pleasure. Lighten your load beginning today. Understand that the true worth of man is measured by the objects he refuses to pursue or acquire. Open your eyes to the truth before you stumble past the very treasures you seek. Love, peace of mind, and happiness are jewels which no condition of fortune, no amount of land or coin, can either exalt or dress. What reward is there in gold and silks and palaces if their possession destroys the happiness you have so blindly taken for granted? The greatest falsehood in the world is that money and property can fill your life with joy. If wealth becomes part of your baggage, you become poor, for then you will be no more than an ass whose back bows under the weight of gold you must carry until death unloads your cargo. Isn't that good? And he keeps going. I won't quote all of him. Augmandino, the Eight Commandments of Success, and sometimes we... We throw motivational writers and so forth under the bus, but listen to him teach the gospel about riches are not where you find happiness. That's what Jesus called the deceitfulness of riches in the parable of the sower or the four kinds of soil in Matthew thirteen. If wealth becomes part of your baggage, you become poor, he says. The greatest falsehood in the world is that money and property can fill your life with joy. That's the deceitfulness of riches, according to Ogmandino, later on in first Timothy six. Verse 10, the love of money is the root of all evil, which some have coveted after. And I'm already at 17 minutes, and I haven't even got to 2 Timothy. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I did a talk called No Worries, and you can listen to uh, some wonderful quotations I found about fear and worry and regret, and how a contrast they are to thinking thinking confidently and powerfully instead of worrying, regretting, or fearing. I loved verse 10. It sounds like the gospel. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The gospel is the good news. That's what Jesus did. He abolished death and has brought life and immortality to all of us. 2 Timothy three seven speaks of the days of apostasy where people will be ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth i just want to say about that if ever learning we are in a time of more and more and more information but i would say less and less wisdom another talk i did for deseret book years ago is called ask of god when james 1 5 was the theme for the youth and in that talk I kind of suggested that if you lack information, ask of Google. But if you lack wisdom, that is an entirely different question. If any of you lack wisdom. We have a lot of information, ever learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Truth, greatest definition of truth we have in section 93 of the Doctrine and Covenants, a knowledge of things as they are, as they were, and as they are to come. But I love the way Jacob in the Book of Mormon put it. Jacob 4.13, I think, yes. Behold, my brethren, he that prophesieth, let him prophesy to the understanding of men. For the Spirit speaketh the truth and lieth not. Listen to this phrase. Wherefore, it speaketh of things as they really are, and of things as they really will be. Isn't that great? There's a lot of people that say this is the truth. But what is the real truth? Well, the Spirit speaks of things as they really are and as they really will be. Jacob 4.13 Well, I love these books of 1st and 2nd Timothy. I hope this has been helpful for you today as you go through these, and we will talk to you next time.